Welcome to Brazen Education with Educator Barnes, a podcast with a focus on speaking your truth, being transparent to help others, and having no shame about it. Because we can't move forward until the truth is known. Hey, it's Educator Barnes here, and today I'm going to talk about when students die. If you follow me online, you know that every Monday on my website, educatorbarnes.com, I do a blog called Monday Musings. And simply what I do there is just kind of write about whatever's on my mind that I would like to share. Monday Musings came about because as a education writer, sometimes some of the thoughts I have, they're just not a good fit for the publications I write for. So this allows me to really express myself um, on different topics and kind of, you know, people do Monday motivation and things like that or Thursday thoughts. But Monday musings, I it's just fitting. It just whatever is on my heart was on my mind. I, I talk about yesterday. My Monday musings was different. It was not what I intended to write. I am a person that writes a lot. I probably produce. Well, I'll be honest. For any K-12, I normally write 10 pieces a month. For the educator's room, I do one or two. And then I may do a guest post for somebody else. And then I write four pieces for Educator Barnes a month. And then I do about two for Gardner Chacol. So if you do all that math, I write a hell of a lot. <laughs> um, to do that, I have a pretty planned schedule. So I have ideas of things I want to write about for all the different publications I write for. Um, so yesterday, I did not actually intend to write about uh, student death, but I did. And I, after writing about it, I still felt there was more I wanted to say. And I chose to, I'm choosing to express that on my podcast today. On Sunday, I was, uh, my husband and I, my boys, we had just got done going to church. We went to Lowe's to run some errands. Um, So my cabinets at my house the hardware on them has been driving me nuts forever. And I mean for years. It's a final I told my husband, I just need new hardware. So we go, we get new handles. I'm all super pumped. Then we're trying to figure out what we're going to eat. And if you're from Indy, we were in the Glendale Plaza. So we were like, should we go to Payway? Should we go to Panera? We typically go to Panera a lot. So I'm like, well, how about we go to Buffalo Wild Wings, which is also in that plaza, which I can't remember the last time we went. So anyway, we go over there and we're just sitting. Find out after we've been sitting for like 15 minutes to pick up the guy to go order. There was like one person waiting on the floor, one person cooking and one person doing the cash register. So let's just say it was taking a hell of a long time. So you had the people in the dining room trying to eat in. You had the people that was going to, to get to go orders like we had. And then you had the people that was like doing like Grubhub and DoorDash. Like where's the orders that I'm trying to pick up? So we have been waiting and waiting and waiting. The cashier brings us free drinks. My kids have been to the bathroom a few times. And my husband looks over at me and said, what is wrong? Uh, and I, was, I just kind of, and he says, what's wrong? Because he could tell that, yeah, I was frustrated from waiting, but my whole demeanor had changed. Well, you know what we tend to do when we're just sitting somewhere for a long time. We have our phone now. We're just scrolling. So I was just scrolling and scrolling and scrolling and I saw uh, Rest in Peace Asia. Now, Asia uh, is a student I had 
way back at early in my career, year two and three, like way back, right? But her name is spelled uniquely. It's spelled A-S-I-H-A. And so when I saw that and when I saw who tweeted it, which was another one of my former students, I'm like, it can't be that Asia. Like, what is going on? So I see that the student had tweeted this. And it was one of those, you know, it was like a tweet from Instagram. So I clicked the link to go to Instagram and then I found my student's Instagram account was private. So I sent my student a request to follow the account so I could see with my own two eyes that we're talking about this Asia. It's like I knew it because I've never had another student name spelled that way. Um, So I go and click it. She immediately lets me follow her because we're already following each other on Twitter. And I see like it's her and I'm just in shock because... I was just like, I can't believe this is happening. So later I find out after talking to other former students that um, she just passed away in a car accident. Um, and I was just, and I'm, I saw we're still waiting for our food. And so I, so I, I told my husband and um, my husband doesn't necessarily remember her, but my husband knows I'm pretty connected to the kids at that school. Um, I had started off working in the suburbs uh, and I was like, eh, this isn't for me. The next year I go work at this charter school. And, and I'm part of the founding staff. So brand new charter school. You have parents who have pulled their kids out. So this is 2000. So I was there from 2007 to 2009. Right. So right now, it's, you know, 2019. So this is over, you know, a decade ago. So you had people have pulled their kids out of the schools over there, put them into this charter school. And it's like, please, like my school's not working for me. Wrap your arms around my babies. Help them learn. So. I got really close to these students and I'm still in contact with a lot of them now. And so when I'm scrolling on the social media feed, I see Asia's sister who is just completely devastated. I see my former students who are just in shock and I just felt so heavy at the time. After I get the food, I get to my parents' house. I'm like, I have pictures of her because I was over the yearbook. And Asia was one of my journalists. So she was on in the yearbook club um, that I was sponsoring. And so I just start pulling. And I, so I have tons of random pictures of like everything from this school. So I'm going through everything. And I sent, you know, one of the kids um, who was um, really good friends with her. And, and, then, and that's the other thing about this charter school. Even though some of the kids didn't stay at the charter school up through 12th grade, a lot of them from that founding classes, they are still really good friends now. So... Regardless of what people think about charter schools, regardless of what people think about that school, it says something about how close those students still are, even when some of them went back to their traditional public school. And you don't, it's just something about that. It's really unique. And I'm just looking at picture after picture after picture. And my, and I'm laughing because they used to call my husband and I, they're like school mom and dad, because my husband would go on a lot of these field trips that we had. And we did a lot of field trips out of state during the school day. I've never been in so many filters I've done at that school. And so I'm just looking at picture after picture after picture. And it gets overwhelming because when I think about this student, I think about all this student had accomplished. Um, like I said, parents pulled their kids and took a risk on this new school that opened. We didn't have any evidence that we could do well. We're just like, this is what we're trying to do. And the mom was just, I remember speaking to her mom, her mom's like, I just want my baby to learn. I want her to be in small classes. And so I worked, and she was just the sweetest student. Um, 
Now, just like a lot of my students, she was talkative, but not in a bad way. Like, if I would just kind of look at her, she's like, okay, 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 Ms. Mars. And she would just stop. But when I was looking at what students said about her, because sometimes, you know, when someone passes away, people, I'm trying to think how to say this. People don't remember people correctly. Like, they say things about people, and I'm like, well, that's not exactly true about this person. But when it came to Asia, all the things that students were saying about how she pushed other people, how she helped other people, how she was always positive, always had a smile on her face, that was true. Um, So she did eventually go back to her traditional public school. We kept in contact via email. I normally give students my email. I say you can always reach out to Mrs. Barnes via email. To, to, to chat just to check in and so she sent me an email when she went back to her traditional public school and I was like hey Mrs. Barnes and I included this in my Monday Musing yesterday hey Mrs. Barnes I got four A's and you'll be no four B's and you'll be happy to know that one of those B's is in English and then the thing that she said that really just warmed my heart is that next school year I'm going to be in honors English and I kept telling her I said you got it you got the talent you just have to work on these particular aspects of English you can be in any English class you want to be and so, and I was a early, I'm saying this stuff, I'm early career teachers, I'm still trying to figure it out. But it, even though I'm still trying to figure it out, it's not my job to let students know I'm still trying to figure it out. It's my job to motivate them and push them and get it done. And so to know that, and that what happens to a lot of our students. A lot of our students, because I did an article of the school for a National Charter School Week a few years ago. And I reached out to some of my students because we're still in contact. And so... Um, a lot of them had a lot of positive things to say. And when I asked them, they were like, well, why didn't you stay at the school through 12th grade? Why did your parents pull you or why did you ask your parents? A lot of them went back to their traditional public schools because of sports. Um, we, um, one of the things we didn't focus on um, was prioritizing sports and things like that. And so some of them just went back to their school, not because the school wasn't working for them, because they were really good friends with um, the students. And they stayed in contact with some of their teachers. They just, there were some things that the traditional public school offered that we didn't offer. So that's why a lot of them went back. So, but this is different, right? It's not like I have to go to school tomorrow and see my students. It's not like a student I currently have. But it doesn't matter when a student dies. You're grieving just like everyone else because even though this is now my 14th year in education, every time I hear that a student dies, whether it's currently during that school year or in the past, like I feel it, you know. And I think we don't we're not prepared enough as educators on how to to deal with this because we're so connected. Yeah, you can argue that any job someone could pass away that, you know, from a job or where you're at. Right true but it's so different for students because we have this different relationship with them like we are with these kids more than their parents are like actively during the day right and so you get to know their hopes their dreams their wishes I mean Asia had just graduated from Ball State University she was studying health education she um, one of her focuses was helping minorities like being healthy that was what she wanted to do is like go out there into the world and say hey this is how you eat nutritious you uh black people don't have to have like diabetes and be overweight and have heart problems this is what she was focusing on and all the and the students that she knew from college who started to speak out online they were like yeah she's the reason i did this she pushed me in my classes so when you see a student that was progressing through life um, progressing through those goals, you're just like, man, you know, why her? Um, and then the other part I want to talk about is when students die from tragedies, right? And there's two types of tragedies, right? And I'm going to say 
car accidents and tragedy. But I think you know where I'm going with this. What if a student is involved in some type of illicit behavior, right? And that illicit behavior is why they got killed. Or what if they got involved with something that they weren't supposed to get involved with? Like they got shot. Like um, I remember, and this happened during the school year, I had just came back from Mississippi. My um, father-in-law's sister had passed away, went to the funeral, literally had driven in. Yeah, I, we, I think I drove in that day because I didn't really have many days, right? I get to school to the school meeting and we weren't supposed to have a meeting this day. Right. And I was late to school on top of that because we had just driven in. Uh, and I was like, hey, I'm running late. I'm going to be there. And everything was so somber. I'm like, what just happened? Because I get there right when the meeting is about to dismiss. I later find out that one of our fourth graders had found a gun in the alley and um, the gun went off and it was fatal. And so now you're talking about I just came back from a funeral that was tough. And now I'm going to a funeral and I remember walking into the church and you could the the heaviness was so heavy. And I remember thinking, like, how should I be? I thought that to myself, how should I be right now? I'm, I was a literacy coach at the time at this school. I saw teachers I was coaching looking at me. I saw students like, hey, Mrs. Barnes. And some of them were crying. Some of them were smiling. And it's so hard because you don't know how to react because you have some kids that were giggling. They weren't laughing because it was a funeral. It was like that nervous, like, remember when he did, you know, and then they and then they kind of felt awkward. Like, well, should I even be like reminiscing and, you know, giggling about this? It's like, how do you be right? And um, I remember in the casket, um, he was um, favorite colors were red and white. And so his mom and his siblings were dressed to coordinate what he was wearing. And I remember seeing his little brother at the time. His little brother was in preschool. And I just and I remember I'm standing in the line and, you know, the line to view the body. Right. And I'm getting closer and closer to this casket. I just felt so sick and nauseous in my stomach because one of the things I think one of the hardest things to do is to look in the casket and see a child in there. It's not easy seeing anybody in the casket, but seeing a child, you just feel like you feel like they didn't get a chance. You felt like, you know, their potential was, you know, snuffed out. So when I get up to the casket and I see this fourth grade boy in the casket, I mean, I, I mean, at this moment right now, I can see, like see his face. I can see everything. Um, and so I just kind of hung around for support, you know, hugged colleagues, you know, talked to students. And essentially I just listened because what do you say? What, what do you say? Do you say like, Hey, you know, it's, it's going to be all right. I don't know if you're going to be all right. And I don't know, know when you're going to be all right. I don't know um, how you're going to sit if you're in his class, his fourth grade class, and you stare over there and his desk is empty. I don't know if that's going to make you cry or make you angry. I don't know if you, you know, play with him after school, how you're going to cope with that and when you're going to move forward from that. You know, so I, I don't know what to say. So a lot of times I would just say, hey, you want to talk? And I just listen. I let them express their thoughts because letting students express their thoughts when a student passes away gets that out of their soul, gets that out of their being. And as teachers, um, we also need to express ourselves. Um, back at the charter school, uh, when I was at that charter school, we had a death during the school year. A One of our students, he walked to school every day and I, he was in my ninth grade creative writing class. He got hit uh, by a semi truck walking to school. We get called 
Um, I remember my principal came to the door and I'm teaching and I didn't think nothing about it because this charter school, like my, I tell you literally the principal was in the room like every single day, more than one time. I was used to it. So I thought he was coming in doing his rounds and he said, Hey, and he said, Mrs. Barnes. And I said, I did not have him kept teaching. And he's like, Mrs. Barnes, come to the door, please. I was like, and he never, never has done that. So I was like, what is going on? So I say to the kids, keep reading this paragraph. You know how we do. And that's when um, I come out and there's another teacher outside and they told me that the student had gotten hit by a truck and he's on life support. Later that day, um, we got informed that parents had decided to take him off of life support because they didn't um, believe that there was any possibility of him surviving the injuries. And then he had passed away later that day. So I started today hearing that he got hit. He's on life support. We're taking him off life support. And then he has passed away. So then um, they decided to tell the students. Well, in this creative writing class, it was like nine kids, right? There was, um, it was 10 originally. There was two boys and eight girls. One of the boys ended up getting expelled. So we only had one boy, which was this boy um, who had passed away. And he was dating one of the girls in the class. Um, They ended up telling the students and girlfriend lost it, like lost it, lost it. And so the next day we ended up being counselors and I just remember. And so this is like early in my career, this is year three for me. I was just numb because that class was so small and we were so close. And they're like, um, they came to see my class, my creative writing class, and they wanted to do a session. So I said, go ahead, students. And the lady took them. And then I didn't go because I just assumed she was telling the students. She came back. She said, oh, yeah, this for you, too. And I said, no, I'm good. And I did not go. If I had it to do again, I would probably have went down to the session with my students, but I just, I didn't want to go. I wasn't ready to go. I was still processing and I just didn't know how to be like, I didn't know, do the students want me there? Did did they want to, did they feel, do they want to be seen by me crying about the situation? There were just so many things going through my head and if I had to go to do it again, I would do it and go with the students because I think. As educators, sometimes we are so concerned about being strong or being the person that has the answers that sometimes students just need to see our vulnerability. They need to see like, yeah, it hurts. Yeah, we're sad. Yeah, it sucks that a student has passed away and that they don't get to get to adulthood and live out the dreams that we've been pushing you guys to. Like, that sucks. And I'm angry about it. Um so I think it's important for educators um, to really participate in any grief counseling sessions that schools offer because it's therapeutic for the, uh, for the staff. It also helps you to be because, as we know, people are born and then people die. So if you are alive on this earth at some point in time, you're going to experience death of a loved one, right? And we all know. That you could be doing fine. It could be months. It could even be a year out. And there, there could be a memory, a smell, a moment, a phrase you hear that will trigger you. And so it's really important to kind of to be okay with um, feeling that, those emotions. And it's okay um, not to be strong sometimes. And I think just as humans, we need to be okay with that. Earlier I was talking about it was a tragedy. Sometimes people, they say things that are mean. And I hate going online when I see that kids get killed and they're like, oh, but that kid was a drug dealer. Oh, that kid. But it was a kid. It was somebody's kid. And I remember when I was first, you know, Asia had passed away. And I remember someone saying, well, what happened to your student? Was she? And I just cut him off. And I said, does that matter? Now, she wasn't involved in any 
type of activities. But I'm like, that shouldn't matter. I'm telling you that a child, a young person is no longer alive. You know, I, I, I tell my students, I say, no matter what you do, I'm still going to have hope that you can turn over a new leaf and do something different. And I, I keep that because a lot of times kids, their parents may give up on them. Community members may give up on them. But I feel like as teachers, there's this extra obligation for us to not give up on children. Even when they're no longer in our classroom, under our care, we should keep believing. So even if through that belief they have a tragic end, we should be the last people. We should never be one of the people that were saying, well, they had it coming and oh well. Because that, that kid may have siblings. That kid has a mom, has a dad has aunts and uncles, that kid has classmates, that regardless of who that kid was and what they were doing, they were loved and they were cared for. And we just can't be like that. So I don't know if I have answers. I would say if I were to give advice about, um, and I will give one more example. I was at a school where a staff member brought um so the staff members there and um the staff member children went to the school and um student passed away. And so that was a whole nother layer. So not only did we have a student that passed away, but the parent worked at the school. And so that's just a whole nother layer layer because I remember at one point in time I ran into the staff member and I don't like you don't even know how to look. You don't know should I make eye contact, should I look away, should I just say hi? And so I just I said I said, let me just be normal. So I said, hey, um, good morning. And that's all I said because I didn't know because you don't want to, because what do we normally say? We say, hey, how you doing? I didn't, I didn't ask that part because, you, yeah, this person eventually came back to work, but you're not doing okay. Um, and I will, I will say the staff member did not return the next year. And I, 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 and I, and I think it was because of, the student, um, their child passing away and it, it was hard. But if I would give advice, I would say, one, it's okay to be vulnerable. Let students know how you feel. If you're angry, if you're sad, if you're mad, let them know and share it because you're modeling how to grieve. And remember their kids, this may be the first closest death they've been they have experienced or they experienced other death but it hasn't been this real because i remember when my grandmother passed away um one of my cousins didn't go to the funeral because her parent decided that she was too young so even if you have experienced death you may not have experienced the whole the wholeness of everything that goes around with it and a lot of times when students pass away like like the one student that got hit by the truck we had a memorial service i was actually one of the teachers that spoke at the memorial service and so that was a whole nother la- uh layer you know, proofing the program for the memorial service, being one of the speakers at the service. He was in my creative writing class. So I pulled out uh, a poem that he had written, put it into the program, read the poem, um, which was, it was hard because I remember we went so, <laughs> we went rounds and rounds on his poetry. So as I'm going through this stuff, I'm just having all these memories about, you know, well, I like this line and I'm not changing it. <laughs> I'm like, you don't have to change it. My job is to give you suggestions so I get to hear all the conversations we had. And so I would say be vulnerable, let them see it, um, express yourself. If there's grief and counseling sessions, go with your students or go individually. You have to take care of yourself um, because you may break down crying at school and that's okay. But you need to know there's resources available and you need to take advantage of those resources. 
um, and, and talk to people, whether it's, you know, the grief counseling that the school provides, or maybe you already have your own therapist or somebody. You need to talk um, to somebody about it. Um, if that means you're taking a mental health day because you may have been really close to the student or the family, do that. Take care of yourself. That's okay, and don't feel guilty about it. Then you have to make determinations about what you can handle, right? Can you handle attending the memorial service? Can you handle going to the funeral because, or going to the wake? Because those are heavy. Because you have so many people there, especially if, if it's a student. So now you have all their classmates. You may have their classmates' parents. There's going to be a lot of interaction. And so you have to think about, can I handle being there with all these people? And you guys know as teachers, parents talk to us. If we're at an event, they will talk to us. So can you just handle the totality of that? So that's something that you need to think about. And then you need to think about moving forward and what that looks like. Um, when students pass away, sometimes they you know, they may put up a picture of the student. They may be included in the yearbook um, because I was the yearbook um, teacher. We did a memorial on the back to the student in the yearbook. Um, we, I believe we ended up playing a tree um, and ended up making it on the news. I wasn't part of that, but I know like some of our staff members ended up speaking on the news about it. Uh, some of our staff members actually went to his parents' house. I did not actually um, do that component um, just to just offer help like Cause like when your child passes away, you have your child's things. There's like a lot of stuff you have to deal with. And so some of this teacher offered to do that. So you have to figure out what are you willing to do? What can you handle? And then what does it look like moving forward? Because it may be a thing where every year your, your school wants to look back and reflect on the students that passed away, or they may want to build something. They may want to do something, or they may open a scholarship in that student's honor. So how much uh, do you want to be involved with that? Um, and then think about how you're going to support your students because I've seen students pass away and then it could be months later and I can look over and a kid is crying in class and something has brought, brought and something has brought like that other student's memory back to their mind. And so they need to know that Mrs. Barnes or you are you're supporting them and they know what to do. So um, and and those school counselors, they're good about letting teachers know like how to handle this and it may show up as crying it may show up like the kids don't want to work because they're thinking about another student or they may get angry um, because when you're a child you are learning how to grieve you haven't had many experiences um, well some students have um, they may not have many experiences they may not know how to grieve um, and be healthy about it so we just have to support them I know this was a heavy topic today but I think it's a topic that we need to talk more about because, unfortunately, this is a thing that occurs. And it could be a student that has passed away from a terminal illness. It could be a freak accident. It could be um, a student's involved in some illicit behavior that they don't have. They shouldn't have been involved in. But regardless of what the circumstances were behind that student's death, it hurts all the same. And we are going to grieve. And as educators, we really need to become more comfortable about talking about grief and knowing how to work through our own grief so we are models for students as they are working through their grief so hope uh, and hopefully something i said today was helpful um so um make sure you're you're being a good model 
Uh, one of the things I like to do is write. <laughs> I know you know that. So sometimes I just write and I journal or I doodle and I draw. That's one of the ways I kind of get my grief out. Um, so you, uh, and that may be taking a walk. So you have to figure out what it is, what action, what activity are you going to do to kind of work through your grief and um, and share that with students. Like Mrs. Barnes, I walked around my neighborhood. That's what Mrs. Barnes is doing, guys. You know, I kind of just need to walk it off. Um, so just just share those things. Uh, support your students. I know that as educators, we don't always have to be the strong ones. Sometimes showing strength is through showing your vulnerability. And so that's what I have for you today. Tune in next week.